And welcome back to another episode of the BSP Podcast. It has been quite some time now, not going to lie, but hey, we're going to dive into just about everything in the world of Philly sports. And how about those birds, baby? Playoff bound. So hey, hop in. Let's get ready to rock and roll. Another episode of the BSP Podcast. Here we come. You wonder what happened in sports today. Brandon Petrilli, he got the wave. We talking a lot with bros today. Cracking some jokes, the podcast wave. Goals on goals. Where homers on homers. Tutties on tutties. Got moments on moments. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into BSP. Just tune into Petrilli. And we are finally back after a long bit of a hiatus. I am your host, Brendan Petrilli, and we, it's a new year, 2022. It's been since, what, about week three, I believe, of the Philadelphia Eagles 2021 season when they got their doors blown off by the Dallas Cowboys. But now I am back. I am ready to rock and roll. New year, new me. And guess what? new podcast logo. I think it's absolutely fire. Uh, uh, Just let me know what you guys think in the comments. But, you know, this year I'm going to go through to start this podcast off a little bit about what's been going on with me, honestly, Uh, what I'm trying to do this year. I'm trying to achieve what I'm trying to do with this podcast and beyond. Um, It's been a heck of a you know, 2021, we're ready to start this new year off, ready to rock and roll. And uh, especially shout out my boy Elias, me and him, we workshopped a little bit in Photoshop, came up with an absolutely awesome new cover art for the podcast uh, that I'm extremely excited about. And of course, shout out the boy White Rice still rocking that intro music for us to get us ready to rock and roll for every BSP podcast. But that being said, what have I been doing? You know, I've been... I graduated college, you know, May of 2021, tried getting a job, you know, right away in sports media and stuff like that, but it was real slow, real slow, making our way through. We, I got a job with my old high school, LaSalle College High School. They were absolutely awesome. I worked, uh, did Twitter and, you know, posts for them, live tweeting football games and soccer games and stuff like that. Just hasn't really worked out. Um, it, it was a lot of fun and a great opportunity where I'm just at the point in my career right now is just getting those opportunities where, uh, the gain, the experience to put on my resume to go to other companies and be like, Hey, this is what I've done. This is my body of work. So hopefully they see this podcast, they see that work and, uh, I hope they, I hope they like it and they see my potential. But now, uh, what I'm doing now, I'm still working at giant, you know, sadly, but you know, it's a good job. I appreciate everybody there who I work with. And, you know, I could be doing much worse. But I'm also doing on the side, if uh, I'm working for The Farsi Show on YouTube, Spotify, uh, it's a daily uh, live show on YouTube. We put it up on podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, But I have been doing the YouTube content and clips for social media and stuff like that, which has been absolutely awesome experience. I mean, Mark Farzetta, it's his show every day from 6 uh, a.m., to 7 a.m. talking everything Philly sports. He is an absolute legend in the Philly sports radio business, you know, going from WIP 
NBC, Sports Philadelphia, to 97.5. You know, he's been a host all over the place. Now he's doing his own thing. I'm hoping to have Mark on eventually. Uh, he's a super real cool dude, really open. So hopefully he'll, if I ask him, he'll come on a little bit down the road here, which I'd be super excited about. But yeah, I mean, I've just been doing a lot of waking up 6 a.m., watch the show. I get a, a little, you know, email from the producer saying, all right, these are the clips we want you to do. Me and this other kid, Billy, we chop them up, send them, send them out to, uh, um, you know, all the social media pages. But what I've mostly been focusing on is the YouTube page for the Farsi show. So make sure you go check it out on YouTube. I've been doing all the short clips on YouTube. It's been a lot of fun, a lot of extra, you know, learning how to edit, how to get clicks on YouTube, you know, get clicks on social media, the algorithms, what works, what doesn't. Uh, and that's, uh, I think, is going to be a real big key for me moving forward here to be able to show, you know, potential employers or even, yeah, I'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, to be able to grow and show that I can do this. Because since I've joined the Farzi Show, we have doubled our subscribers. We have blown our views uh, on YouTube out the window, and it's been absolutely awesome. And Mark, Josh, and everybody that uh, work with the Far- I work with the Farzi Show have been absolutely awesome. So hopefully, I mean, maybe we've been talking recently about maybe staying with them, working on it. We'll see where it goes from there because it's just an internship. I'm not getting paid. But they're, they're definitely been nice communicating with me, helping me uh, learn the business a little bit. We're going to be, you know, diving more into that, trying to get more involved with that as I go along. But, you know, from there, that's what I've been doing. I've been super busy with that, working, you know, 30 hours at Giant, doing the high school stuff. And just trying to have fun in this COVID time, you know, just making the most out of it, trying to be safe, having fun uh, at the same time. So, I mean, and then now Philly sports, I mean, man, it's been an absolutely crazy ride the past, what, three months. Absolutely insane with the Eagles. When I last, uh, you know, stopped recording here on the podcast, they got their doors blown off in week three against the Dallas Cowgirls. Now we're going in what week 18 now. Yeah, week 18. We have 18 weeks in the NFL. But now they're finally playing the Dallas Cowgirls again. This time, this game doesn't even matter. It just doesn't. Where it goes, Dallas is pretty much locked into their spot, really, in the playoffs. And the Philadelphia Eagles, that started 2-5 and five on the year, have now finished in the playoffs as the potential 6 or 7 seed in the National Football League playoffs. Who would have thought, man? I mean, when I went back and listened to that last episode, all I was talking about was the lack of ability to adapt, to learn. You have a rookie head coach. You have, a, you know, a young second, first slash second year starting quarterback. You have a very new, uh, a brand new defensive coordinator, a young skilled positions, you know, running backs, young O-line. You know, you got Jordan Mailata, who you had no idea what he was at the time. And all I was asking for was just to learn on the job. You know, a lot of people were trying to get rid of him at the time. I, I wasn't on that boat so much. I was getting frustrated for sure. But all I was looking for throughout these those next couple of weeks was learning. And that's what they did. You know, thankfully they took, they actually followed a little bit of what myself, you know, no, but everybody on, you know, Philadelphia sports media have been talking about. And that was run the damn ball. And that's what the Eagles have done. And what the crazy thing is now, they're one touchdown away from tying and then two from breaking the all-time rushing uh, touchdown record for the Philadelphia Eagles, which is an absolutely crazy stat nowadays in today's NFL. 
to break a record that was back in the 1940s that I saw from Ruben Frank on NBC Sports. I mean, in today's game, you know, you think it's just all air raid offense. But now the Eagles found the way to get behind that big O line, run that ball, and that's really where they're able to turn it around because this team is far nowhere close, nowhere close from perfect at all. But they have been able to realize their strengths, and I give that big time to Nick Sirianni to be able to go to their veterans on this team, the Fletcher Cox, the you know the Rodney McLeods, the Jason Kelseys, Lane Johnson. Have these guys speak out and hear what they have to say because these guys have won football games, a lot of football games in their career. They've won a Super Bowl together with this team not that long ago, three years ago. So to go listen to your veterans, listen to the people, Angelo on the radio, screaming, yelling at you to keep your head under composure and figure out ways to make your football team progress has been a real a real great sign. And I'm excited. I'm absolutely excited as this end of this year is wrapping up here where this week 18 game really doesn't mean much, but we'll get into that a little bit later. I want to keep talking about this uh, a little dive a little bit more into the growth of this team. And that that's going to start with the starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts. As I take a sip out of my black Thorn 50 years beer uh, pint glass here, taking a nice cold, refreshing sip where Jalen Hurts has really done exactly that. He has been cool, calm, collected. He is Alabama to a T. A lot of people, you know, especially working for the Farsi Show, we have guests on, you know, every couple of days we'll have a guest on during the week. And every the big question is, what do you think of Jalen Hurts? Is he the franchise guy? And, you know, that that, that always plays. Everybody wants to talk about it. The QB position is the biggest thing in sports. And the way he was able to adapt, to stay calm, to do the Nick Saban playbook, not give you much, give you a little bit here and there, but know where to step it up. Know that he is confident that he can step it up to go in there and grind, hit the weight room, do the extra reps at practice. I mean... It's just an awesome thing to see as he has progressed through the year. He's banged up a little bit. He overcame the Gardner Minshew Minshew mania, which honestly I was all for at the time, you know, because they were struggling. I've always liked Gardner Minshew too. And once he got that opportunity to come in and make plays and get the Eagles a victory, especially when your last time seeing Jalen Hurts at the time was losing to a New York football Giants team bad. You know, that that definitely was the worst timing for him. But to see Jalen Hurts come in after that and really hit his stride, hit his stride as a pocket passer, hit his stride reading progressions, how to read a defense, who to hit, how to throw guys open, not wait for them to get open like he did at Alabama and at Oklahoma, to find Dallas Goddard over the middle, to know when to – what the heck – as my computer screen just turned off on me real quick, but to be able to take what the defense gives you, rely on the running backs, you know, rely on this O-line, and to go into press conferences week in and week out, face the tough questions that you get in a Philadelphia media market, and just 
be the guy, you know, show confidence, know he's the, know what he can do. And I, I'm excited for him. I'm happy for him. You know, I'm still half in myself. He's definitely the guy for this year and next year. I would 100% agree with that. I, I wouldn't go trading for a Russell Wilson. If Aaron Rodgers wants to come, then we're going to have a different conversation here. But with the draft picks coming forward, I don't really like Kenny Pickett or, you know, Bryce Young. They don't really they don't really get me going at all. So I'm down for Jalen Hurts to be able to develop, get him weapons, and, you know, grow with this football team. And another thing he can grow with now is this offensive line. This offensive line is absolutely nasty. You know, I mean, you got Lane Johnson who's getting up there a little bit in age, but tackles can play for a while. Jason Kelsey is a Hall of Famer, absolute stud, everything you want in a Philadelphia sports athlete and more. He's getting up there in age, but you went and you drafted guys that I will give Howie Roseman credit, but the thing is, I don't know how you haven't been doing this for years before that, and that's draft guys from Alabama. You draft a guy like Landon Dickerson. You draft a guy like Devontae Smith. You're getting these guys from these top schools that you know are five-star athletes, you know that are NFL-ready, that have been doing it in college, playing in these big games. Landon Dickerson was the captain of Alabama, the best team in the country, the, uh, the best offensive line in the country, and he was the captain. Yes, he had his injury concerns, but that's why he was able to slip a little bit for you to get him in the second round. But to not draft a guy like that, where he has all the respect in the world from the best team in the country, where they put him in on a torn ACL for the very last play of the national championship last year, to have that much respect, that alone should guarantee that guy, just not even on his talent, which his talent is top-notch, to go and get that guy. I will give you credit for that. And it's about dang time, you know, to draft a Heisman Trophy winner. Wow, that's crazy, right? But... You know, and then after that, you know, you, you go and you miss on Andre Dillard, but you got lucky where I've been a big guy on Jordan Mailata this whole time. You know, me being a rugby guy, once you see that, you're, you know you're going to root for him being on your team. But I don't give Howie Roseman any credit for him, you know, because you go and you miss on a first-round pick, number one, on Andre Dillard. And then you go, you draft, yes, you get credit for drafting him, but. The thing is, if he would have got drafted by any of the other 31 teams in the NFL, he wouldn't have been the same guy. You want It's because of coaching. It's because of the coaching staff you have here with Jeff Stoutland. And he was able to groom him where you saw him groom Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey and Evan Mathis. And, and well, Jason Peters was already pretty much a pro bowler, Hall of Famer at the time Stoutland came in. But this guy has been here the whole time being able to develop these Pro Bowl guys. Howie Roseman doesn't get deserve any credit for Jordan Mailata. But that being said, you have the left tackle of the future. You got the bookends with him, Lane Johnson. Land, uh, Landon Dickerson can go anywhere on the offensive line. And then Herbig and the rest of the guys on the offensive line are, are good. They're, they're fine. And the greatest thing to see is how nasty they are. They will go and they will just pound it down your throat. They want to run the ball. Lane Johnson goes to Nick Sirianni and said, hey, this is working. Let's keep doing it, dude. And it doesn't matter who's in the backfield for the Eagles. It could be Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell, Jordan Howard. It doesn't matter. And that's what's the best part about it, where you take the pressure off your young quarterback and Hurts. You take the pressure off of play calling for, um, for Nick Sirianni 
where you can just go bank on these players and let them do their thing. And that's something I'm really, really happy to see. Now, my two couple things that I want to see moving forward now is the defense has been okay, right? The offensive weapons, they've been okay. Goddard and Devontae Smith are really your only two weapons. Quez Watkins has been okay here and there. But you got to go and now work off of those, off of all this running. You got to go play action. You got to go hurry up after you get these big chunks. You get a like six-yard gain on first down, get up there again, run it again, or do a quick play action, scheme Devontae Smith open, Quez Watkins open, scheme these guys open, even Jalen Rager if you want. He's been probably the biggest disappointment that we all know about, you know. But now it's time as you've, you've grown from the beginning of the season that we've all loved to see, now it's time to take another step, you know. It's all about growth and development as we move forward here with this young team, this young head coach, and I hope I continue to see it. From last time, this is what the the stuff that I was talking about. I've seen the growth, and I've been happy with it. So now hopefully we make another step. Another thing I want to see happen is the defense has been okay. It's been okay. It's not the best. You've played a lot of very bad quarterbacks the last six weeks. But, hey, you play who you play, dude, and those guys could have easily went out and, you know, chopped you up for 400 yards a game if they wanted to. You know, I've, we've seen it happen, you know, multiple times. Everybody's talking Joe Webb when they were going to play Gilbert or whoever it was on the Washington football team that one night. Like, these people are in the NFL for a reason. You still got to go out and beat them. Now, that being said, these defensive, uh, this defensive squad has studs on it. You have Javon Hargrave. You have Fletcher Cox. You have Josh Sweat now who's starting to break out. You know, uh, you got Darius Slay, who's a pro bowler. He's a stud who had an okay last year and now really broken out and more comfortable in this defense. You have Rodney McLeod. You have Steven Nelson on the other side. I'm not a huge fan of these linebackers and TJ Edwards um, and, and the like. They're okay, you know, Alex Singleton. But now it's time. If the Eagles are going to make a playoff run, this defense needs to get nasty. No more dropping back every down, giving you what they want, you know, letting them take what they want. Go and take it from them. These D-line, even Derek Barnett can even try to fall on another, another fumble if you want. <laughs> That's all he's good for at this point. Go and make a play defense. The, I mean, you've been holding the team in there a little bit. You gave up 16 points in the first quarter, and then all of a sudden in the second half of that game, you give up nothing. Like, you got to come out the gate right away because when we get to these playoff games now, whether who we're going to play, where I'm going to talk about that in a couple minutes now, but whoever you're going to play, it's not going to be Taylor Heineke. It's not going to be Gilbert. It's not going to be Jake Fromm or Mike Glennon. It's not going to be Zach Wilson. You need to go, and you need to get after these guys. That's the only way you see Tom Brady. Matt Stafford, you know, Kyler Murray struggle this year is when you go after them and put the pressure on them. You can't drop back and just let them do whatever they want to. And then when they get into the red zone, okay, now let's maybe make a play. No, you can't do that. Jonathan Gannon has made a big of a difference, but he's doing it in the second half of games now before he never blitz. Now he only does it on third downs or at the beginning of games or at the end of games, you know, Uh, it takes a half. But now you got to do it out the gate, out the start of the football game. Go get that first, you know, three and out right away. Get the defense going. Get the crowd hype. You know, Philadelphia is made up of that grind, 
that hard nose. We love defense. You know, everybody loves Buddy Ryan still to this day. Jim Johnson. Those guys are bigger than almost any other head coach in the history, uh, uh, head coach or, you know, coordinator in the history of the Eagles other than Andy Reid, you know. Um, and even, they're probably even more loved, beloved than Doug Peterson at this point, and he won you a Super Bowl. You know, this city loves defense, and it is time for these guys to go and start making plays and taking over just like what the offensive line has been doing in games and forcing your will down other teams' throats. And now, I mean, if, that, if that's going to happen, I'm getting pumped here. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting pumped. So now, I mean, this Dallas game coming up uh, – you hope that the Eagles go take care of business. You always want to beat the Cowgirls, but honestly, in my opinion, it doesn't matter. If the starters play, what Jalen Hurts seems like he wants to do, but you kind of you had a late bye week this year in what week fourteen, which was nice to get Hurts healthy. You had a couple extra days break because of COVID with the football team, <clears throat> and then now you got to take you got to take advantage of it. I think. You've you've been blessed with the opportunity where it doesn't matter. You're already in. So you can go and do what you want. Give guys breaks. It doesn't matter. I think it was stupid that the NFL went and they they flexed this to Saturday night. I get, you know, it's Dallas versus the Eagles and Philly, prime time, NFC East, divisional opponents. But I feel, I still think it's going to be a decent game, but it, it could be a bunch of, you know, Gardner Minshew, and a bunch of backups in there. And then who even knows what Dallas is going to do, if the Dak Prescott's going to play or C.D. Lamb. Or uh, Micah Parsons is now on the COVID list. The Eagles have a bunch of COVID problems themselves. So we'll see who's even playing. Now, after that, I mean, I don't want to dive into too much of what's going on with the playoff situations here, but what you're mostly looking at is, you know, you finish at 6, you're playing Tampa Bay, I believe. Yes. And then, and then after that, you finish seven. You got a chance of maybe the Cardinals, maybe the Rams, and um, yeah. So I'm, at that point, what we're looking at is who is the worst of the evils here. You know, the Packers are the number one seed. Who do you want to play other than that? My thing, I've been going real back and forth on it. I mean, what I was hearing on sports talk radio today is a lot of people want to play the Cardinals. I don't hate that. I think matchup wise with the Cardinals, they, it looks the teams look very familiar. The Cardinals have a young quarterback. They are banged up skill position wise. You know, I, I would give the Eagles almost an advantage at skill position wise when when it comes down to it. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, I don't think he's going to be back. They said that he might be back for the start of the playoffs, but he's up in the air. After that, James Conner's been in and out. Uh, you know, Chase Edmonds, maybe he, he's been, I think, banged up this last week, too. I, I mean, when you go Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, and whatever running backs the Eagles have with that offensive line, I like your chances. Now, Kyler Murray, you're taking over. Jalen Hurts, all sorry, Jalen, you just are. Um, a little similar of quarterbacks, but Murray just makes more plays. He has the better arm uh, for sure. But And then you look at it. Cliff Kingsbury is a young coach who has struggled down the last two to finish the last two lengths of the seasons here where absolutely atrocious where, you know, last year when the Eagles played them, they were what one win from a eight game losing streak to end the year. And that was to the Eagles. So 
they have just been an absolute dumpster fire to finish the end of seasons now. Now, last week they went and they beat Dallas in Dallas, which I think was a very good win. But I think that's also a testament to how the Cowgirls are, too. I don't think they're that great of a football team now. I think their defense is very elite. They can be very elite, but you can pick them apart a little bit. You can get yards on them. You just got to stop the pass rush in, and that, that's Micah Parsons, who you really got to worry about. If you can stop him, you can move the ball, and that's what you saw with Kyler Murray last week where they were able just to dink and dunk, take their shots, but they, all they got is A.J. Green, <laughs> you know, a 30-plus-year-old A.J. Green. You got a couple other guys, but I'm not too scared of them. Then you move down to it. Uh, you never want to play. It's weird when you're saying, I want to play Tom Brady. You know, I want to take on the GOAT. That's always a scary thing. The Eagles have had his number. I mean, you lost to them early this year, but they're two different teams. Then they had, you know, uh, Tampa Bay had Fournette. They had, you know, Gronk, uh, Mike Evans. Godwin, Antonio Brown. Now Brown's gone. He's a nutbag. That's a whole different topic we could dive into. <laughs> Who knows? But And then Godwin's out with the ACL. Fournette's been banged up for weeks now. Who knows when he's coming back? And if he does come back for that playoff game, who knows how healthy he'll be? And it goes from all these weapons now to Mike Evans, who is a bona fide number one receiver, 100%, no doubt about it. But when you got Darius Slay, I like that chances. Now you got to stop Gronk. And then you got to stop Cam and Brait. I mean, come on, you know. Uh, they lose a lot of depth. With Leonard Fournette being out, he really grew back to what he was at LSU. Real hard-nosed runner, able to catch the ball finally out of the backfield for them. I mean, even Ronald Jones, the third now, is pretty banged up. So that whole team, I, you never want to say you want to play Tom Brady, but Right now would be the kind of the time, how banged up he is. But the scary thing is, it is Tom Brady, and he can make anything work. You saw it years with New England, bringing in all these random wide receivers, and he still made it work. So that's where you kind of come to it. Even their defense is banged up. You know, their linebackers, Levante David and Devin White, have been hurt. They said they'll be back week one, but that who knows how healthy they'll actually be. So I kind of like Tampa playing Tampa Bay. And I wouldn't mind sending it down to Tampa Bay to go see that game, too. Absolutely beautiful weather. It would, be, it would be a good time. If anybody wants to send it with me, just let me know. But then you go, you look at the Rams, who have been so up and down this year. They went from nobodies to potential number one seed to losing to bad football teams to losing to, you know, they only have beaten, what, one team over 500 this year? Uh that are in the playoffs, I mean. So if you can go and ground out this Rams team, but that's going to be the hardest thing is their defense has been their most consistent thing, you know, with Aaron Donald and uh, Jalen Ramsey. That's going to be the hardest thing is if you can go and run the ball on them because if you can and you can keep the ball out of, Cooper Cup's hands and and the like on that team. I mean, you have Sony Michelle, who's the number one leading rusher the second half of the year there, who was traded for midway through the season for them, you know? Um, but if you can keep the ball out of their hands and then get to Matt Stafford, that's been his biggest struggle is the blitz, handling the blitz, handling the, the pass rush. When you do that, he looks like he was back with the Lions, you know? So, honestly, nobody looks invincible. You know what I'm saying? Nobody, I think, you can say out of the NFC is favorited to win. 
I really don't. I mean, the Packers are a very good team, but you've seen it. They've gone to, what, back-to-back NFC Championship games and lost them both in Lambeau. Now, it might be this might be their year with Aaron Rodgers, maybe last hurrah. Who knows what's going on with him? But that's where I'm most excited about. Anything can happen, and that's where I was – I hated. I was talking with my buddy, um, my this guy Greg from work. He was saying, oh, the Eagles screwed this up. Why are they making the playoffs? You know, they're ruining their draft pick. They're not going to win a game in the playoffs anyway. Why waste it? You had such a great opportunity. Dude, that is just, that's the process. That's loser talk. You know, I hate that. You saw it, right? You see it with the Packers now. They went with a new head coach the first two years, and they won games, but they couldn't finish because they were so young. The rest of their team was so young. You had the quarterback, but the rest of the team was so young. Now they're set up prime to go and win it this year. You saw it. Uh, you saw it with the the Rams. You know, with Jared Goff, they were they they were struggling a little bit. They'd get to the playoffs and lose. You got to take your lumps in the playoffs. You need Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. You know these young guys, Josh Sweat, to go to the playoffs, see what it's like, and take the lumps if they lose. Yeah. All right. Your picks what fourteen. Your other two picks are 17 and 19. Oh, boo-hoo. You know, sorry it's not top 10. Would have been great, 100%. But things don't work out that way. If you go and you lose and you waste it, who guarantees that you're going to make the right pick anyway with Howie Roseman? You know, that's what I hate. Oh, he's got a lesser chance to screw that up. No, he doesn't. Have you not seen the Andre Dillards, the the Marcus Smiths, uh, all these other guys, uh, Jalen Ragers? You can go on and on and on of how many he's missed. So – in the first round, he has struggled mightily. So who cares? All in the same kind of area. You're going to get top talent no matter what. Best available players. And then you go from there. Now you see going to win football games. Jalen Hurts can be the guy. You can go and you can develop around him. Get him another weapon. You know, Build that defense up. Get a younger on defense. And now those guys can go and show the new guys next year, hey, this is how we do it. This is how we win in the playoffs. This is how you beat Tom Brady. You know, that's what the biggest key is moving forward here for the Eagles. So people should be pumped. They should be absolutely pumped for these young guys to get that experience to go forward for the next couple of years. And guess what? It's how many Super Bowls have the Eagles won? One, right? In the past 50 plus years. You're not going to win it every year. Tom Brady doesn't win it every year. Now, pretty dang close. But still, there's never been a back-to-back winner since the early 2000s, right? You're not going to win every year. But setting up success for future years while having a chance when it is very doable at the time, I think is an absolute win-win for the whole organization. And it should be pumping the whole fan base up. (sighs) All right. Let's take a deep breath. I got a little excited. Take a little sip from the, you know, 50-year anniversary Blackthorn pint glass here. All right. You know, that's how much I love these, you know, Philadelphia sports, man. I absolutely love it. I absolutely love to get back on the podcast here. I'm going to try grinding out episodes. Every Thursday, I want to try to get them out. So make sure you tune back in. Everybody that was listening before, you know, share, be a friend, share a friend. Or I messed that up. Shout out Pat McAfee. Uh, uh, you know, be a friend, tell a friend, you know. Uh, watching a lot of these different 
different um, content creators, you know, PMT, Pat McAfee, you know, working for Mark Farzetta, listening to Philly Sports Radio. I'm trying to learn as much as I can and and grow, you know. And uh, it's been it's been an absolute blast. And I want to thank everybody for, you know, coming along with the ride. Hopefully you're coming back. And if you're new, thank you for clicking on this, you know. Um, you know, I am Brendan Petrilli. Um, I, if you can't tell. Absolutely love Philadelphia sports. So, I mean, let's touch on a little bit other than the Eagles here uh, before we wrap up the show, and that's the Philadelphia 76ers, you know? Uh, I mean, they're just an absolute middling team at this point where the poor Tobias Harris is getting just absolutely ripped left and right. Now, a little deservingly, I would agree with that. It's not his fault he's getting paid this big money, but it is because he signed it. So when you sign that, you got to live up to it. And when you're going and you're, if you haven't saw the other night where, you know, fans started booing him a little bit because he started ice cold and he's been ice cold all year for the most part. And then he goes, makes a bucket, start, everybody gives him a little bit of a, a little, yeah, good job Tobias. And he's like, you know, Hey, shut up, shut the F up. Don't clap. You know, I like that bit of a fire from him, but I think a lot of this pent up aggression going at, you know, Tobias Harris is because of the Ben Simmons situation. You know, everybody, Ben's hiding away, can't yell at him. You know, there's nothing we can do about him until he's gone at this point. And poor Tobias has taken the brunt of it at this point. Um, So hopefully he can figure it out. Get back to that, you know, 20 and 10 guy that he's been most of his career. And he needs to step it up to get this Sixers team to where we want to go because they're wasting Joel Embiid. He won a player of the month award this past month of December. The guy got another fourth triple-double of his career the other night. Dude is an absolute stud. You want every guy on your team to be like a Joel Embiid personally, you know, and on the court. The guy is just flawless on the floor. He can do anything you want as a seven foot plus center at 280 pounds, man. I mean, it is crazy the things that he can do. And as long as he stays healthy, you know, like that's the biggest thing because you're putting so much pressure, so many minutes on him to win these basketball games that it catches up to this guy, you know, it's because he's so big and his worst friend is gravity. So they need to make a move. On this Ben Simmons deal, they I know Daryl Morey, I give him credit, you know, not trading for what now they're reporting De'Aaron Fox is on the table for and Tyrese Halliburton for the Kings. You know, I mean, the deal hasn't been made yet. So I give I give him credit, you know, that he hasn't pulled a trigger on a so so deal. He's waiting out for that Dame Lillard for that Bradley Beal, you know. Uh, everybody wants, you know, Jalen Brown now from the Celtics. You know, he's looking for that superstar guy who you need, you know. You had it. That's what made this team the number one seed last year where you had three, two and a half superstars, how you want to look at it, with Ben and Joel and Tobias. Uh, You can't replace, as much as we hate Ben Simmons, he is a, eh, he's a star. He's a star player. That's what he is. He could be a superstar, and that's what everybody's so upset with him about where he could develop into that. But as it is, you can't go and replace his production defensively, moving the ball, and when he wants attacking the rim. You can't replace that with, I love Tyrese Maxey. He's just not there yet. He's 21 years old. You know, he's just not there. He's going to be there. Uh, I hope eventually. I think he can be. 
But right now, you can't bank on a Tyrese Maxey with a Joel Embiid in his prime, absolutely dominant. Because, you know, you wait a year or two for Tyrese and, you know, Shake Milton's and the likes of those guys. Joel's not going to be that same guy. He's not going to be that MVP guy forever. That's just not, I just don't see it the way his body makeup is. You need to strike while the iron is hot now. I'm getting a little hot on my seat here. I bet you Daryl Morey is too. Not pulling a trade yet, but if he can make it happen with this patience where he can wait out these other teams that have been so stingy on wanting, you know, a maxi in the deal too. And if he can make it happen for one of those big three guys, hey, more more power to you. I th- He's done it before, you know, making trades all over the place in Houston. He made a couple trades here with the Sixers already. So, you know, we'll see where that goes. We'll be following the Sixers a lot more. But I want to thank everybody for listening, clicking, you know, go share, like, and subscribe the podcast, wherever you found the podcast, you know, go check me out on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, trying to get a little bigger on Twitter, try to tweet a little more. I don't know. I don't know how to deal with Twitter, you know, Eh, Twitter's such a, a cesspool of just, ugh, you know, but you need to be on it for where I want to grow as a content creator, as a producer, editor, wherever I want to go in my career here. So go follow me on Twitter, on TikTok too. I've been trying to post funny TikToks. I did a one bite pizza review with my uh, with my cat Ted today. So go check that out on, on my TikTok. It's all at Brendan Petrilli. So go check all that stuff out. Go check out the Mark Farzetta page too. That'll help me out a lot, you know, as I try to grow my career too. So it's on YouTube. Uh, or go check me out on Facebook. I usually share it on there or on my, on my all my social medias. So uh, it's usually the small clips, you know, two to seven minutes are the ones that I do. So go like, comment, and subscribe on those videos. You know, say that I sent you. Say BSP Podcast should collab with Mark on the videos, you know. So uh, if you guys do that, I'd really appreciate it. Um, thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Oh, another thing. Let me know what you think about the new logo. I really dig it, you know. Uh, I think it would look cool as, like, stickers or on T-shirts or, like, a hat or something. So if you're interested, uh, let me know. I'm going to see what I can do for some merch and stuff as we move forward here, as I'm going to be try grinding out an episode every every Thursday here right before the weekend starts off each week. So uh, for everybody to get ready for the weekends. But also on Instagram, I'm going to be putting out um, on probably Sundays for NFL uh, my bets of the week, you know, so all you degenerate gamblers out there. I've been hot lately, so make sure you go check me out on on Instagram for my uh, my bet of the week on on Sundays, okay? Uh, gamble responsibly, you know, it's just for fun. Get a little action in the game. But, yep, thanks, everybody, so much for listening to the BSP Podcast. I am Brendan Petrelli. Shout out to the 215 and go Birds.